You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Welcome to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And today on our 100th episode, Ooh, 100. Uh, we saw the film Nope. And, and what's special about the fact that Nope is episode 100? This is fascinatingly serendipitous. Yeah, well, you know, we had the idea for this podcast as we were talking about Jordan Peele's Us in the parking lot after the film. And we were just like... We just end up talking about all these movies we go see. We might as well record our thoughts on it. Um, there's like five people who listen to them. We appreciate all five of you. But that's what we've been doing since 2019, right? I think Us came out in 2019. So it's been three years or so of podcasting, 100 movies. Right. That we've, 100, uh, 100 programs. Programs, right. you're right, because we do TV we shows. Do t- some yeah. TV stuff. But yeah, so um, 100 episodes, it's a lot of a lot content. Of, yeah. It's a lot of content. But also just to know that Jordan Peele was – the initiator because yep. these films have they've depth and, and there's a, there's about. a lot to talk about in this film as well and so if you don't know we we i mean maybe this is your first time listening to us the 100th episode which means you have a hundred other pieces <laughs> of content to go back and listen to uh so go do that and bump our numbers up we'd really appreciate it but if you don't know we pretty much will see a movie and then we'll immediately respond to that movie and share our thoughts so we we haven't processed anything Yes, we 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 got out of the theater maybe twenty minutes ago. So, so and any time in this hour, we're going to change our minds. We're going to shift our spaces. Uh, we're going to think about this and respond. Yeah, that's the way this works. We're pretty much making up thoughts on the spot here. Okay, uh, but w- you know, we what we're going to try to do is we're going to open up with a spoiler-free review, like a short little spoiler-free yep. talk, and then we'll go into our regular segments and we'll do the deeper dive uh, in the back half of the program. Yep. All right. Well, let's. Let's get started. Um, uh, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> I knew. I knew. It's always, I mean, people could do that with you when it get to this point. I liked it a lot. It is a very different Jordan Peele experience than, it is. than the other two films. And that ultimately, in the, it, like this sort of genre-breaking thing that he does, right? Certainly. Um, but I, I enjoyed the film. You need to commit to get to 50% way through the film. And then, like, all the gears. There's are in going motion. to be a lot of people, I think, who will, will make it maybe 30 minutes into the movie and they're going to say, This sucks. Yeah, right. What is this that I'm watching? This is not the Jordan Peele I expected. This is not the movie I was told it was going to be. Wait a little bit longer, it'll get there. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think that, there, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are just disappointed in that. But uh, the film in itself is definitely Jordan Peele. Right. Certainly Jordan Peele. It uh, it breaks genre. But and it, it is deep in genre, right? It's like pretty it deep. Covered in genre. Yeah, there's a lot of inspiration, I'm sure, on his end that I would be very interested in hearing about. Like, he's pulling, he's pulling a lot of references from a lot of different horror movies mm-hmm. and old stuff, too, I think. I, I think so. And I, and I think he's also, uh, you know, this film is to some extent a Western, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, there's no question in my mind. It was interesting because we had that trailer at the beginning. This is, this is Cowboys and Aliens, how it should have been done. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, uh, at the, before the film started, we had that anniversary of Jaws viewing. Yes. Yeah. There's no question this thing is inspired by Jaws. No doubt. There was a thought in the film where I said, he's pulling inspiration from Spielberg, pulling inspiration from Jaws. Yeah. And and you can, some of the filmmaking has Spielberg written all over yeah. it, sort of framing and shot framing. There's a, a there's some oneers, there's some Spielberg oneers yeah, that happen. There's things like that. There's some of the some of the pacing and 
looking up and all of that kind of yeah of stuff it really does. I work. think that people are going to be disappointed because the trailer is actually in a sense somewhat scarier than the film itself. Yeah, for sure. And so if you're going because you want to be terrified in a in like like us was creepy, right? Us was pretty creepy. Get out is terrifying in a in a in kind of a shocking right, way. It's it's the you know the Stepford Wives, so it's uh-huh. distant and and disturbing, and there's shocking moments in it. But you're distant from it. You're allowed to stay distant. Peel does that all the time. Yeah, right? like we it is. These are films that were in third are in third person. Right. You know this film here. Nope. Is there are scary horror elements, but goodness, it is a it's a fun horror film. Us and Get Out, they take a turn where you're like. I am not having fun watching this right. anymore. Yep. I am now legit just creeped out on the edge of my seat. This is fun from beginning to end for me. Yeah, for sure. And he, you know, he is taking advantage of some really fine performances. And so mm-hmm. without, again, being spoiler free, and we're going to come back and talk about this in more detail, but the, it's a small frontline cast, right? There's not a lot of characters, right. but those characters are clear and specific and they each sort of, fulfill some portion of the thematic content he's trying to tell us. Yeah. There's some stunning imagery in here. It's, the cinematography is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some haunting images. Uh, it is an alien film like an alien I've never seen before. Um, you know, and I think and there's, I mean, yeah. there's stuff I, I'm, I can't wait to get to the spoiler know, film, but to, to just say <laughs> that the film um, – demands that you pay attention i'm 100 percent confident that on a second watch oh um, yeah there's so much that is going to resonate or or sort of move forward well and we actually may be able to process that when we get into our spoiler right film. there's a lot i think there's a lot of connections being used from different parts of the film yes it's absolutely. like that i can't mention here on the on the uh spoiler free version uh, there's just a lot. I think there's metaphor. I think there's symbolism. I think there's a lot. All of these things which we're we're gonna dive into. I think, in the spoiler filled. Yeah. So let me say, I think Kalua yeah. was astounding. Yeah. I think his performance is As amazing. Usual. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he understands exactly what this role requires. Mm-hmm. He has this ability not to be over the top. Like he yeah. can be over the top, but he has the ability to really emote in in these sort of very staid experiences. I thought he was great. And Michael Wincott is a favorite of mine. Okay, yeah. And he was a treat was to so see in good. the movie. He's really good yeah. and a real treat Yeah. Uh, in in the film. Yeah, With a, and he's an amazing name in the film. Right. <laughs> amazing name. Yeah. Antlers. Antler Holst. Antler Holst. So Incredible good. Incredible name. Um, the music is fascinatingly used. Uh, and this is not a spoiler, but, there, but I mean, Peel's making fun of the use of needle drops in film by literally doing a needle drop yeah. on camera. Um, <laughs> I mean, just incredible stuff. Yeah. He's, he's certainly having fun. He's, he's making fun of a few things. And I think he's, I think he's directly making jabs at content creators and Hollywood too. Yeah. So, and reality TV. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so certainly much. A lot of, 
Yeah. Yeah, he's certainly going after. The social commentary is pretty strong. Yeah. And again, it still exudes me still asking questions about race and class too, mm -hmm. but this is much more about sort of the, I think, the broader social overtones. So. Yeah, which we'll get to. Yeah, so. absolutely. Anyway, would you suggest somebody go see this in theaters, wait for it to come out on DVD, see it in IMAX? What are, what are, yeah, what are so what, discovering it was shot in IMAX in the credits made me want to have seen it in IMAX. Yeah, me if too. Just for the last, and I'm like straight up, the last 30 minutes yeah. in IMAX yeah. would be astounding. And there's a few moments too earlier on in the film that I think would have been great Certainly. in IMAX as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that, I mean, that, that last sequence. And I mean, so it's a theater film and the sound too, right? Oh, yeah. Like the soundtrack's great, but the sound that's used throughout is, is, um, confrontational mm -hmm. and that works better in a theater than the safety of your home yeah. you know yeah unless you got some like heavy duty sound systems set up or s really nice headphones yeah right. that's the but sounds gonna be great in the I, theater you know i think about once upon a time in hollywood right mm -hmm. um and i think about how one of the important things about watching that film is that tarantino is going to retell us history yeah. So being in the theater, you are m more prone to be lost in the world, and as a result, not be be away from your suburban or, or urban or whatever yeah. Oh, yeah. home. Yeah. And this movie, you want to be outside of the real world right. when you go, and so the theater is the place to see. Yeah, it. absolutely agreed. And you're supporting filmmakers like Jordan Peele, right? Even though at this point Universal is backing him, so it's right. <laughs> Still, go support these filmmakers who are giving, you know, their own vision. To the to the I I mean he's he's I I don't know if you'd call him an auteur at this point but I guess I guess he I, is I guess he is an auteur I mean he's writer director producer for goodness yeah. sake and his it's definitely his vision all over the and there the are film, a right? lot of people he was managing a well oh, along yeah. with you know the story and and the directorial roles so the special effects list was long yes yeah so anyway it's 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 good go see it see it in theaters if you can and uh, we're gonna get to our spoiler filled. In just a few moments, is there anything else you want to add? No, no, great. I can't. There's nothing else I can. Well, add. let's let's so. move on to um, uh, weekly watch. Okay, you have to start. Oh, okay, time. great. I'll, I'll start. Um, well, my wife and I, after having a kid, um, have had not much to do for the last couple of weeks, so we're currently rewatching all of Game of Thrones. It's we're on season six, episode seven. Um, we can see it going downhill. Uh, already uh, that said that's been what we've been watching most we did have the chance though to watch the new Netflix film The Gray Man starring really? Chris Evans Ryan Gosling and Adair Moss yeah it was okay all right yeah it was fine it was nothing special the best part was that you could tell Chris Evans was having a freaking ball not <laughs> being Captain America like he was have he plays the bad guy he plays the villain and he is just he is he could have been unhinged if it was rated R, I think the biggest mistake of this film is that it's not a rated R film. Um, I think that there should have been more violence. I think there should have been more profanity. I think there should have been more vulgar jokes. Um, it just would have been way more fun, way more punchy. It was They didn't lean heavily enough into the audience, I think, that they, they were trying to play it safe. It felt like like way too safe. Okay. So it was okay. I don't think any it's, – it's not nothing special, I think. Uh, there are some really questionable moments of CGI and green screen, uh, <laughs> like really, really bad, really bad green screen moments. Uh, but Ryan Gosling's doing the same thing he's doing in like the nice guys with mm -hmm. Russell Crowe. Um, 
it's he's fun to watch. Both him and Chris Evans are fun to watch. And Adair Moss takes a backseat, which is a shame. Um, yeah, it, it's worth your two hours, I think, if you have nothing else to watch. All right. Yeah. Okay, good. So that's what I watched. Yeah. Um, what I, w- I watched uh, Fat City by John Huston, 1972 <laughs> film. I can't believe how different our Star- I know. doing experiences are. Starring <laughs> Stacey Keach and an extraordinarily young Jeff Bridges. Like, really? Like, baby Jeff Bridges. It's a boxing film. Like, um, how young? Like, kid well, or teen? I, uh, he's sort of playing 18, 18 in the film. I would not doubt he was at, I mean, you know, I, I could see him being 18, 19, 20. Okay. Um, the film Stacy Keach is extraordinary in it. Um, uh, he's a pretty good actor. This he really sings in this, and it feels in the way so much of John Huston's work does that it's about it's about a thing in America, but it's really about um, characters doing mm. that thing. You know, so uh, it. <laughs> I mean, it's these pe- the people in the movie are the characters in the movie are incredibly damaged people in the world of boxing which is all about physical damage right right uh who are making horrible choices at the bottom of sort of american society and they're raw and the acting is raw it almost feels uh if it wasn't so crafty it would feel improvised um and uh the boxing scenes Hmm. are quite good um and um, next on my list is Raging Bull and the okay. reason I want to watch Raging Bull after Fat City is because the boxing in Fat City has the sort of uh, low non you know non belt worthy non championship worthy boxing where it isn't great boxing right. and there's a lot more punching huh. uh, and there's a lot more missing and there's a lot more blood and I, I want to see the more stylized treatment of that now that I've seen sort of Two guys in a ring, and they sort of shoot them, punching sure. each other in the ring. Which um, film came first? Uh, Fat City is Fat City. much earlier. Yeah, okay. much, much earlier. What year did you say that was again? 67? 72. 72. 72. Um, so and I don't know Raging Bull, but I was think that's 81? the 80s, right? 80. early 80s. So, uh, yeah, it was great. I loved it. Um, it wasn't perfect by any sure. stretch of the imagination. Houston's a really good director, and he's um, it is absolutely poignantly human. It is a film that is... Mm painfully human and deceptively well shot okay so a lot of the film you're going to be like wow that shot feels like flat television shooting oh crap nope this other thing is happening is this i mean there's probably a lot of people on the podcast who haven't seen this film is there like a mainstream film that you could compare it to that like if you hey if you like this mainstream film you may you may enjoy this uh, oh, this film from nineteen seventy two. Horrible thing that's, to ask. Uh, I know on the fly too. I probably should have prepped you for that oh, question. Oh my goodness uh, gracious! The, so the, well, as you're describing uh, this Rocky. film, Rocky. Okay, sure. I sure. was thinking the fighter. Uh, so the fighter too. Sure. Okay. Um, Rocky comes to mind because of the. I I can see. I could see actually because when Rocky comes out, Stallone having watched, watched that, that city. Film. Yeah. In fact, now that you, I say that, it it feels real. Uh, um, yeah. There's a. Uh, the our boxer is coming out of nowhere. Uh-huh. Um, the used up boxer s- part of the storyline cut away, but the um, sort of support trainer part 
uh, is very clearly connected. Yeah. yeah. The difference is there's polish to Rocky, and this film does not polish these actors at all. Is that for the be- the benefit of the film? It is much to the benefit. Of the, yeah. It's much to the benefit of the film, not the movie. Sure. Right. I would also say there's another movie. No one. See, you said like, what does it remind? <laughs> what remind you? It's a movie called the, the Harder They Fall, which sure. is an old Bogart film. Okay. Yeah. And it reminds me of that film in a lot of ways too. Yeah. Um, the great boxing films are um, are all metaphor in the end because the, the, yeah. the yeah. scope of the human experience. Is it has it, you know? It like, just like, uh, I mean, a boxing film can't be about the boxing, right? It has to be about the greater struggle of the people in the ring, right? Uh, otherwise, it's just two people. But you might as well just go watch a boxing it, match. It, that's right? exactly right. So, and, and this film spends a lot of time with people in bars yeah. and broken hearts, <laughs> and it's well worth watching. Um, it, so there you go. That's Great. what I've been watching. Criterion. It's on Criterion, yeah, but I, I think you can probably see it other places. Okay. Um, Sweet. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. All right. Well, maybe if you don't have, do you have anything else? Any other films? Any other? No, no? I, I, don't I, don't. Nope. I don't either. No, I mean, I have other things, but we're not going to talk about. All right, let's next, get next to time. let's nope. get to let's get to nope. What if I told you that today you'll leave here different? Pop. Pop. I'm talking to you, bro. What you see? Something about the clouds. That's big. How big? Big. You think whatever kill pops is out there? Right here, you are going to witness an absolute spectacle. Here. All right, so there's spoilers coming up. If you haven't seen Nope, then uh, you might want to turn this off and go see the film. But if you want to risk it and have it spoiled for you, then stick around. I don't know if spoilers kill this movie. I don't all. think they do. I, I, it is again. It's one of those things where the experience of being in the movie theater, watching this film, and letting a story play is the reason why you can watch Jaws. You said to me, "You're like, I would watch that film any day of the week." Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen because you've seen it fifty times, right? Right. But it's still a great film. It's still a ride. It's still enjoyable yep. all the way through. Yep. Even Absolutely. when you know when you know every line, mm-hmm. you're singing with them on the boat. It's great. It's fun. Nope is great too. I think nope. I think nope is a really good movie. Um, I, again, it's not as scary as the trailer makes it out to be, right? There is one jump scare, I think, in the entire mm-hmm. film, which I, I, I jumped. My whole body shifted in one my One jump scare, yeah. Yep. I, my, my cheeks may have left the seat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, uh, but man, this is a, this is an alien film like I've never seen. It's, it, it's what I love about Jordan Peele. He is, he just takes, an idea and says, what if we didn't, what if we thought about it in a new way? Yeah. Right. What if we looked at it from a new perspective and he lets your, your own ex- expectation of trope fool yep. you for a good portion of the film. Yeah. I mean, you're convinced for the first half of the film that this is a UFO. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a great way to, to say like, Hey, I want to make an alien movie without any like actual physical aliens kind of mm-hmm. on the ground there's no alien invasion there's no uh you know like the, it's it, it's the same sort of thing like that what a rival did right except those were nice aliens mm-hmm. um there's danger here um but it's all about this quote-unquote ship which also doubles as a actual being yeah it's a, like a whale i've never thought about you know this 
why would you know what if this UFO is actually an alien? That's that's a great thought. And and it's at one point Michael Wincott starts singing a song, right? The and you realize where Jordan Peele got this idea. Exactly, from. flying purple. And you think eaters. it's abs- it's absolutely ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. When he started singing that song, I'm just going to say I was ready to applaud yeah. because it's one of the things Jordan Peele does is he calls himself out, right? Like. I say he's we're always in third person, right? There's yeah. always distance. We're always separate from his films. Yeah. So that we're it's not like you're watching uh like a zombie film where you're like in the moment and when someone gets bit, you're feeling right. that tension. There is a distance in, in his films. Um and which means he can comment on his own work, right? Right. He's he's pretty much citing his source here. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's citing yeah. yeah. And and he's making fun of he makes fun of himself throughout the film yeah or or film or cinema or all of those things he steps back and comments so often yeah. and to be honest us is full of that as well and so is get out the, those movies tell us a thing but he's also commenting on the thing that he's doing in the film which is fascinating right yeah yeah the i don't it's it's kind of hard to know where to start when talking about this movie because it, this i think this film is way more subtle in its approach to whatever it's talking about mm-hmm. than get out. And uh, I mean, get out is blatantly in your face, right? It's, it's very clear what, what he's right. talking about in this film. Um, us is, is also like right there. It takes a little bit more digging, I think to be able to unpack mm-hmm. everything. But I think that, nope, I'm still not a hundred percent sure what he's trying to say. Okay. You may. I, I feel have like some ideas. I feel I have ideas, but I don't know. And we can talk about that. I don't know if those ideas are actually there. So, so why don't we root around in the film for a bit before we talk Great. about ideas? That's good. So let's. What do you want to talk about? Uh, what I want to. I want to <laughs> start talking about um, uh, the um, the violent television violence, right? Okay. The chimp. The chimp. Um, whose name was. Gordy, pull it up. Gordy, right? Gordy, right. I want to talk about Gordy. There, that the film opens with the most extraordinary bit of non sequitur, seeming non sequitur violence. Talk about a mystery box, right? Yeah. What is happening? Um, and it does explain that to us, but I think there is some measure of parallel between that and the overall story. There right? certainly is. There's a thing happening. There, there certainly is. And the the um, the level of violence that Gordy does is extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, and we even get the consequences of that visually on the screen later on, right? Yeah. Uh, both in the moment and the consequences of it years later. Right, right. And it may feel like it's non-sequential or non, um, like it doesn't connect to the film, mm-hmm. but it is clear that, and, and it connects to two moments in this film. It connects to, um, when OJ is telling people to not come near the horse. Yep. Right? It's about animal training, animal awareness. And that both of those moments connect directly to how uh, OJ understands how to, how to deal with this flying beast, right? Um, you know, every, and, and he explains it. OJ explains it in the film that, you know, every every animal, every beast has kind of these these triggers, right? 
and uh, for the for the chimp, for the chimp, it was the balloons popping. Boom, he goes he goes completely nuts and murders people. Right for the horse, you know, you stand too close, or you make a loud noise, or you show some kind of reflective thing. He might kick you in the face. And for this flying beast, if you look directly at it then it's going to suck you up. Right. Right. And he gives even more examples about not turning your back on a bear. Um, mm-hmm. And there was another one. I don't remember what it is, but these, these moments, this chimp, this horse, like they directly connect, even though it doesn't feel like they do at the beginning. And I think it's so smart starting out with that scene because it, it has you wondering like, well, how the hell does this connect to this movie? Cause I didn't see anything about this in the trailer other than that fist bump. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, what a, what an explosive way to start. Yeah, and he, he, again, mystery boxes his way through, so there's slow, steady exposure. So we, mm-hmm. we learn more and more and more um, at, throughout the film. You're Stephen intrigued, Yun, right? His character sort of gives us little bits. And I love the way they did the flashbacks because there's no, there's no telegraphing those flashbacks at all. We're in a flashback, yeah. and we have to determine where we are. Now, when we come out of those flashbacks, he lets us know we're out, right? right. He shows us the back end of those. But he just drops us into flashback after flashback, including, you know, the the one where Chloe's character is um, with his dad. You know, w- when they're in the barn, th- those moments yeah. are dropped onto us, and then we discover we see their faces remembering after the fact, which puts us in the position of the characters. Well, and and that's how that's how memories work, right? Like that's how flashbacks in your own head work. Like all of a sudden. You realize that you're daydreaming or thinking about a moment that has already passed or that has happened years ago, right? Your memory is just uh, – it's like a light switch where it just turns on right. and off. Uh, and so you get dropped in in moments like that all the time. Uh, but, yeah, and it's jarring in the film. Right. It and is. so all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Keith, Keith David – Keith David? His dad, Otis Sr.? Um, is there again. Keith David, right. Right, and you're like, wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. We're – and so if you're not paying attention to the film, all of a sudden you're going to look up and realize you're in a flashback. Right. So as you said earlier, the film definitely demands your attention. And I think that those flashbacks, they give us clues to sort of where we need to go. That There is a sense of yeah. sort of history, right? What right. your parents tell you, what the past has taught you, and how it influences your ability to function in the world today. Um, and, and, it, and very effectively done. Like I thought that was yeah. really effective. I mean, I think the scene following the uh, the chimp massacre, um, or the aftermath, I guess, of that chimp ma- right, massacre. Right. The, it opens with the aftermath because we get the we get the massacre later, but the uh, the aftermath of that event does it does it go directly to uh, OJ and and his dad and his dad right doing the training? Yeah, yeah. And go ahead and we're given yet another mystery box afterwards, right? We're given we're given that mystery box of why is all of this junk falling from the sky? And because we've seen the trailer, we have to assume that it's this alien thing. Well, there's that moment where there's dead silence too. Like it's and it, mm-hmm. it, that, you know, if we're talking about Spielberg, like there's some Spielberg-esque moments, right? right. Uh, that that scene felt very much like a Spielberg kind of scene. Yeah. Except for the what was the weirdness of the physical thing that was going on. Uh, but yeah, and then we hear that it was a plane that accidentally dropped 
yeah like right. pieces of stuff yeah out of it you know whatever keys and coins keys apparently and fall coins, from planes all the right. time yeah um and that i mean the the experience we we realize what's happened as our main character realizes it mm -hmm. the use of blood in the car and his father's death is extraordinarily oh powerful shocking really really awful yeah um and there's like there's like a there's like a kill bill level spray coming from his face at one point right exactly is and, is gross and, and, and it puts you you know it's about hopelessness and hope right yeah so you our our main character you know oj is experiencing hope i'm gonna make it we're gonna make it to the hospital and, and we know it's not right right and, and yeah. that's a great way to set an audience up yeah for uh, high stakes emotional stress followed by a hard cut to his dead dad on uh, this table where he's staring at him it's just like it he does these these just hard cuts one after the next right in sometimes into text mm -hmm. sometimes into just crazy visual sometimes into flashback like it's just one thing after the next there's no there's no it doesn't feel like there's any like smoothness from scene to scene mm -hmm. it's just boom we're there boom we're there boom we're there right and it it's a it's jarring it's a little heavy and you don't know where you're gonna go next and that's part of why the first portion of the film could be difficult for people because there's this jarring nature of the cinema of the filmmaking but the storyline after that initial death is not particularly high stakes from a horror standpoint right they're high stakes for the characters selling off the horses the disastrous commercial shoot i mean all of those experiences are real for those characters but for us as an audience it feels like nothing was happening right? nothing's coming right right, right. Um, uh, and you know until we get to the f the first horse running off mm. um ghost right the, ghost yeah. um, ghost yeah. running off and then things start to pick up a little but still not substantially um it, what is fascinating to me, and this is where the movie has the big mountain to climb, I think, is getting us to believe that people would care, th think that making the Oprah video is more important than protecting themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, but that's why that work is done up front, right? Because they're losing their horses. They're losing their farm. Their patriarch, their dad is dead. Um, they don't know how to make it in this industry. They're short on money. But if we make this Oprah video of the, what they think is a UFO, right, not an actual thing that's eating people, we'll be rich. We'll be able to save the farm. We'll be able to get our horses back. We'll be able to do X, Y, Z. We'll be able to do whatever we want. We'll have some fame. Our business will take off, right? Like so, there's there's more money is always the driving factor in horror films. Right, greed is always the driving factor. Sex. Sex, I think, is an outcome of being okay, great. in a space where you're uncomfortable and you might be killed. Um, that more, I feel like that's more of a trope. Okay, good. I feel like I feel like uh, yeah, sex. I'll is, take that. Sex is just something that needs to happen sometimes, and mainly in slasher films, right? But right. certainly, money is the is the problem, and Peel kind of plays with that a bit, right? But. I mean, I mean, Jaws, we talked about Jaws a little bit earlier. The reason Jaws, the movie exists is because the mayor kept the beach open because right. he needed money. No, it's a, it's a really, really good point. That's it. Yeah. Every Monster in the House movie that you're going to watch 
is about money. Jurassic Park, about money. Monster in the House film, right? Like this, this again, nope, is a Monster in the House movie. It just happens to be more of a monster in the field uh, sort of movie, but it's about money at, at the root of what they're doing. They need money. Right. And that's it. It just so happens that uh, nothing bad happens to our main characters as a consequence for needing that money. I mean, there's stuff that bad that happens to them, but like we don't, we don't, they don't lose their lives, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, they I actually think, win in the end. Yeah, they come out on top. They do. Um, the call to money too is echoed in the place, the name of the theme park, right? So it's Jupiter's claim, uh-huh. and it's a gold rush theme park, right? So right. this idea of sort of rushing to get the score of the image of the alien ship so that you can be famous or sell lots of tickets or right. whatever it may be. So was the th- was that whole theme park based around him seeing that saucer? No, the whole theme park's based, based around the TV show that he did. Oh, sorry. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And this, but it is based, it's Jupiter's claim. He was Jupe. His, that's his like nickname, oh. and so he's Jupiter. Okay, this boy sheriff, I guess. And there's a scent, the park is revolves around the gold rush, and that echoes this sort of desire for the. Yeah. And I mean, we get that moment where the TMZ guy shows up. There, right. This film is chock full of people trying to capture images to make money. Yeah. And oh yeah. That feels like a thing Peel might want to talk about. Oh, he's certainly talking about it. I mean, again, I mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, uh, consumption and content creation. Right. Um, and yeah, it is full. And and going back to Gold Rush, uh, it's about again. You said about money, right? So this horror about money. He brought people there. All these people died in those seats because he wanted to make a buck That's and right. get famous, right? So we saw the uh, like a negative outcome of that mm-hmm. right and we we see michael wincott's character antler die at the end and his was also about money his decision to die was also about money and fame right or and he would probably say glory of some sort right i think he'd say glory because he's looking for the it's anything the for the shot, shot right? right he's saying anything for the shot exactly. which is a common filmmaking term yeah Absolutely. And that's where I say Peel is like he, calling it out. He's calling it out right? fully, yeah. Because that character, that cinematographer character, is absolutely hilarious. It, Dude, he gave me like such Clint Eastwood vibes. Oh, like, so good. It was, he was fun. He was so fun to watch. And his death was like, it just, I was like, yeah, he's dying. And I feel like he should die. But I'm enjoying watching him die because I feel like his character is enjoying his death as a filmmaker doing what he's doing. Well, he makes that decision and he runs out, right? Yeah. He runs out and he start, He continues to shoot with that crazy handheld camera he's pulled out anywhere, which reeks of Jaws, right? Right. Like reeks of yeah. uh, Jaws. What's his name? Going in the tank under under yes right yeah yeah richard dreyfus uh, richard dreyfus who's yeah. doing this sciencey thing right that isn't safe right uh i mean it was d- just spectacular it's anything moment. you get anything for your work like when you're and, that passionate about your work you'll do whatever and it when, takes when he's sitting at the editor and he's rolling through his footage <laughs> and it's this like crazy wild animal it's violence this, it's this snake wrapping or a python or boa or something wrapping up a lion which is symbolic in some sense but i don't know how it connects fully it's something with that's a thing we'll think about in a week and we'll yeah say something about it then but the, but for sure it 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 was it was character defining yeah visuals right 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 
yeah it just it just in incredible um but yeah at the, i mean this is a monster in the house film money is the problem we see both ends of it um our 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 horse the haywards come out on top right like they get that they get that amazing film image this giant well uh uh polaroid essentially right um that and that can't be faked right right i think it was important that they had to capture it in a way that right couldn't be faked. couldn't be faked yeah. like this is this is from the well you can't cg this it came out right here on this giant polaroid you cannot fake this um i kind of wish that we could have seen the aftermath of their life a little bit um yep something that resolves but you literally not just says we're done right yeah. we're, we're finished yeah yeah absolutely. make it up on your own you'll you, mm -hmm. you can assume what happened well and our three core characters survive right which is sort of great <laughs> one by complete dumb luck though angel is his whole last well his whole arc, his whole arc. but his, but that last act is fantastic for him yeah yeah he he was fun to watch he was our right he's our um he's our comedic relief in this film i mean kiki palmer does a great job as, at adding some humor and lightheartedness into the film mm -hmm. Angel not knowing what the hell's going on for half of it and then being thrust into this and just wanting to come back. And again, about making another another point about content creators and wanting to wanting to document these moments. Right. Like he wanted to know what was going on, which naturally there's this thing. I think we, we all want to be part of this story, um, something bigger than than we are. Uh, just so happened that the thing that he wanted to capture was dumping people parts onto the house that he was in. Mm -hmm. um, talk about a great scene, which we'll get to. I think we need to talk yeah, about yeah. that scene. Yeah, we have scene, a lot but, of violence to um, discuss. At the end, you know, he gets he he survives because a tarp blows into his face, knocks him down the hill into some barbed wire. Right. And I said, "Oh my God, they're going to throw the barbed wire up into this beast and and tear it to shreds." Um, did your brain go to that same thought? I, I thought he was going to get eaten, and that's what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I thought yeah, that's exactly then what I thought. The barbed wire saves him. Right, the barbed wire fence, right? Saves him. Saves him. Um, I think the fall after that barbed wire fence probably should have probably yeah. would have killed him because um, he drops pretty hard. But um, I'm glad they didn't. I'm you know he toys with us. Peel is doing this thing again where he's like barbed wire tarp person. Um, I'm gonna make the audience think that this is what's gonna happen, and he subverts that expectation uh, over and over again throughout this film, throughout his other films. Um, so yeah, he's just, he just keeps doing his, his peel thing. It's great. So the, you know, there's certainly this thing about how we treat animals, right? In this, yeah. don't look them in the eye, don't show them their reflection, all yeah. of these sort of things that he's, he's playing around with, um, throughout the movie and the, 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 the animal treatment in the film, you know, OJ cares a lot about the animals that he's taken care of, right? Mm -hmm. But he respects them as something to be trained and controlled, right? Like there's a Respect thing going on. Respect is the key word. Yeah, um, yeah, which I don't think we see in a lot of the other characters, right? Like it, it's one of the things that makes him sort of step out that he has some measure of respect for the subject of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. But it's also what makes him capable of sort of doing the dangerous act at the end of the film. That the right. choices he needs to make are things that come out of um, his understanding of the nature of the opposition, right? right? The, the animal nature where jupe, right? You know, at the park ha puts the horse in a cage. Right. And is, is really making the horse bait. 
for his benefit, right? Yeah. Um, and, and no, the, yeah. And yeah. We, we, there's a difference in that character or in, the, in nature, but he is damaged goods. Right. There's you some know. serious trauma. Real trauma. And I think he he remembers it, but he he completely has like he's profited off of that trauma, mm-hmm. right? He's kind of he's thrown it so far, like he swept it so much under the rug. This trauma, right? He even talks about SNL parodying the the killing of uh, you know that massacre, mm-hmm. right? Right. SNL parodies it. Which again is another content creation, con- media consumption, awful thing. Mm-hmm. The fact that SNL would even like parody the horrific nature of what we saw, because we hear about that SNL thing before and we see the the actual moment. Right, and then when we see it, you're like, how how in the world did they get to? How did they do this? And it tells us how, you know, the violence in our world is manipulated mm-hmm. into something more palatable for us and that we, we're able to digest that through yeah. the manipulation of whether it's content creators or comedians or whatever And, it may and be. that we're so desensitized to violence that we see on TV mm-hmm. that it's not a big deal to to parody this, this violence, yep. this horrific thing that happens. Um, but as – sorry, go ahead. Don't go. As he's talking about this in his in his room full of paraphernalia from that from that show that he then drops that he had a couple pay him fifty K, fifty thousand dollars to sleep in that room. Right. Again, money based profiting off of some horrific thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, all he's doing is he's just all about money. He's all about money. Right. Um this whole this the whole horse in the cage uh, I think there's a dire- I think there's a direct connection between uh, Jupe and Antler, mm-hmm. uh, where they're 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 two sides of the same coin, where one is making his money by creating the show live in person, um, baiting a horse to be eaten by whatever machine or beast is flying at them, right? Like he's profiting off of this show. Um, he is not a bystander in this, right? He's like making this happen. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's feeding the beast. Right. Right. Uh now Antler, on the other hand, is doing something different. He is he's not feeding the beast, he's just documenting the beast, which isn't any better because we see him we see him editing film of this snake eating this lion, right? Destroying destroying this majestic thing. Um and snakes in general symbolically are uh, evil. Sure. Right? Um, and so he's watching evil destroy this majestic Right, because thing. the documenting Because the it. documenting right. matters. The content creation of this event matters. Uh, well, it's a great moment when he says, oh, the light's coming. It's, it's going to be golden hour now. Yeah. So we like we need to shoot it now. We shoot what it we now. shot isn't good enough. It's not the perfect shot. Right. And that's a, about ring lights and whatever else may be for those it's, content creators. Yeah, it's it's it's, you know. it's all about, you know, how will it play the best mm-hmm. on my TikTok feed or my social media or, you know. The or TMZ, whatever lunch, it might or be. Or TMZ, right? The lighting needs to be perfect. And I'm, I mean, I'm guilty for sure of this, right? Like I will, 
I mean, as, as a wedding photographer, like I'm like, well, maybe I can pull you guys out during your reception to photograph you guys at golden hour. Right. And like, I'll, I'll have to like, I often have to think like the moment is it, this, this day is about the people, not the staged photos of those people. Right. And so often I won't pull people out because I'm like, they're enjoying their night. I'm going to let them enjoy their night. I'll ask them, Hey, if you guys want sunset photos, let me know. Anyway, I, it, it's, it's a whole thing to where like, this is, this is about, he's certainly talking about content creation, media consumption, um, our obsession with trying to create this perfect thing and feeding the beast of Hollywood, social media, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Google, YouTube, right? Like, you're feeding the beast. That's yeah, what you're doing. And it's all about the sort of crazy image you can get. There's mm -hmm. like, it's the... It's shock value, right? Yeah, it's um, it's jackass, right? And it's um, mm -hmm. the, you know, it's those Instagram reels of ridiculous things happening, of floods or of um, uh, someone uh, doing, like jumping off an extraordinarily high cliff into water like just crazy shit mm -hmm. that we record yeah and that we then sell or market whether it's for money or it's for fame or whatever it may be and that idea of i mean i think your point about pulling out a bride and groom to get the best picture is exactly what the film's asking us to consider mm -hmm. maybe not about that because the bride and groom may want that picture to be that good sure but certainly that moment when you're deciding like when people go to the fireworks on the 4th of July yeah. and they shoot pictures of the fireworks instead of watching them. Yes. And they post them on Instagram. Yes. It's that idea that... It's going to a concert and recording the song on your phone instead of being in the moment. In the moment, right. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's something about that that we're seeing here because we have, char we have characters who are trying to capture this for that financial benefit, mm -hmm. but they don't, they're not even aware of the danger that they're in completely. Like they really aren't aware yeah. of the giant risk that these, I mean, they're, they're no weapons. They have no weapons at all. It's, it's a cinematographer being shot on set and dying. Right. Because the shot would have been cool if, we point a gun directly towards the camera. camera. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a PA um, or a crew member dying on train tracks because we need to shoot on actual real train tracks. Mm -hmm. And he's, I feel like he's definitely commenting on a whole lot of areas, but one in particular, the risks we take for the best shots mm -hmm. for the, for, for the beast that we're feeding Hollywood right. cinema you the know, audience, the, the audience, unbelievable the consuming right. audience mm -hmm. that we've created, like certainly that's been created. And we've started and we can't stop, mm -hmm. right? We can't stop now. Yeah, absolutely. Because money drives that, mm -hmm. right? And Hollywood makes its choice on who's going to be in the spotlight, what films are going to be made based on money. And we all believe that we're going to be the next big thing, right? right. So like everyone is the star or mm -hmm. wants to be the one who captures that. And that is part of the madness that creates this co this completely cyclical generation of content. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's really a, a pretty good analysis. Um, uh, let uh, I'm so interested. I would I really want to have a conversation with Jordan Peele about 
So I have him on the phone here, guys. So we, we have him here. And, <laughs> uh, if only. God, that'd be so cool. But I think what we're doing even, you know, if we were making money off of this podcast, we'd be feeding the beast. In a sense, the irony of recording a podcast and making content about Right. This thing where he's thankfully there's only five of you listening, so it's not like we're really feeding the beast here. Right? Yeah, and we're not making any money. Yeah, we're just having fun talking. But we still, but still, the idea is there, right? Like in yeah. the background, in our heads, it's what can we do to make it, make make it stick? Like, yeah. can we get the interview with Miranda July right. when we go see Kajillionaire? Right, like right. those little things go a long way and podcasters do that right they mm. do oh, nail i have no doubt that people would listen to this podcast if jordan peele was talking yeah, to us absolutely right now. fully um, so let me jump to a completely different potential thematic conversation that's in here that oh, please, I, I do not think arcs through the whole film okay but god it stuck out to me at the end of this movie because jordan peele definitely cares about race right and everything we've talked about so far hasn't been about race that doesn't mean I think he is soloing on race. Like, Get Out is a lot about race. It right? is race. Right? Um, like yeah. that's really the story. Yeah. But uh, but us is not right. He moves to a larger place. Race is still an issue there, mm -hmm. right? Race and class, uh -huh. upper class, lower class, and whereas Get Get Out is sort of the Stepford Wives, um, <clears throat> and uh, us is really like the movie Chud, like this horrible 1970s mm -hmm. people coming from underground film. And this movie, I feel like, is Jaws. There, there, there is he begins to expand in us to ask some big questions about the human condition, right? And mm -hmm. if the people below can rise up, right? And that right. question and how they have to. And whether violence is the answer or not. Right. And if we're who we think we are, right? If we're on top, are we not part of the bottom? All these big questions. Right. And so here, I think you're right. I think he's talking about some big issues. But there's also this thing about averting your eyes. And every time Kaluwa mm. put his eyes down, all I could think of was, what young black men are taught to do in relationship to the police. Oh, shoot. Yeah. All I could think about during that last half of the yeah. film was this sense of, you know, what do you do when, mm. when the police are coming to take you? Like, what do you do in the face right. of a police officer? And you try and record that moment to capture the violence that takes place. And we, and we put those online. Like, the horror of recording instead of stopping yeah. someone being killed, right? Like, w whether it's right. George Floyd or whoever, right? right? So you've got this, like, cinematographer. You've got uh, antlers standing there recording eight feet away right now because you're not allowed to get within eight feet of a police officer and record him now. Um, and you're, really? You're, yeah, like, there's, that's, oh. well, not everywhere, but that's, sure, sure, sure. that law's being passed around oh the goodness. country. So you have, like, you have to stay back, um, but you're recording it, and the person's laying there on the ground, or the person's being punched, or the person's whatever, and we shoot the aftermath or we shoot that act and then we put it immediately online and it does like create the energy of protest but there's also this like de like awful desire to see the violence and this is where i think the thing with um gordy comes in is we don't ever see the actual violence we see the acts of violence we see the consequences of violence but Peel does not let us watch faces get smashed and bodies broken. Right. He shows blood. The mm. only time that gorilla's yeah. hand touches anything on screen, mm -hmm. it's a fist bump. They don't even touch. They, right. They, maybe that's the, and he, of course, he says that's the first fist bump explosion, right, was right. ever done in this show, which yeah. I think is hilarious. But the, the, that idea that we, he, Peel deliberately doesn't, says, I'm not going to feed that. 
Right. But I do think when you're watching um, OJ looking down, right, and that name could not have been picked, it has to be picked for the reason purpose, of right. this. They even comment on it. This extravagant nature, right? Yeah. Like I think that right. that sense of spectacle that you're talking about is part of that. But it's it's also about the you know the police and he he puts his eyes down and they ignore him, mm-hmm. right? When a black oh, person yeah. gets pulled over by the cops, their parents will tell them, their friends will tell them, just suck it up. Yeah. So you don't get shot. Do whatever they tell you. And that metaphor does not exist through the whole film necessarily. Maybe it will in a second viewing, but I I don't think we can deny that that. Peel is talking about that in the back half of the film. Not that the rest of it isn't present, but there is this thing, this big giant white monstrosity mm-hmm. that sucks things up into the air and kills them. And those deaths are wild, and we should talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about them. I, you bring up an interesting point with OJ again. This is a uh, like the fact that his name is OJ. He certainly is, and I hadn't given much thought to it until you just said it. Was OJ was another giant media sensation where that where people are glued to their screens, and giving the ratings to the tel- to television, and feeding that beast right of where and people are profiting off of this OJ trial. People have profited off of this OJ trial with the, with the, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that show was right with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yep, like one great show by the way, very well made, but. The fact that you can bring up trauma uh, to make profit, right? Like there's family members of the victims who can't like that show is being made. And they're like, well, how, how can you make this? Right. It's the same thing with uh, recently um, uh, Pam and Tommy, uh, Sebastian Stan. And uh, oh gosh, I don't right. That's made right. There's uh, uh, Pamela Anderson released something where she was said she didn't they didn't get her permission to make this and now the uh sex tape from uh, pam and tommy sex tape is uh whatever it's like more more and more people are looking it up mm-hmm. and so now there's more people experiencing what has been traumatic for her something that was leaked that she didn't want getting out people are making money off of her past experience her trauma her uh it, it just happens over and over again uh, and OJ certainly is something one with the police and two with this whole. Media. And certainly he was one of the first of those spectacles. Right? Yeah. OJ is one of the first of those big, right. giant television spectacles because of the way TV was working. Right, we had right. the capacity for the the twenty four hour news cycle to sort of be mm-hmm. having a thing to grapple onto. So like, I, but and I think there, if we were to have another four days and three more viewings, we'd have <sighs> ten more thematic yeah, things to talk it, about. Yeah. It's um, littered with with metaphor and symbolism but throughout. The, you yeah. know, if this is where the conversation about the film gets really interesting, and this is what happens with us and with Get Out, because Peel's so his bench is so deep thematically. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the death stuff because it's worth like getting into the <laughs> violence because we are running the, long. The so death stuff. So, yes. So when the when the audience gets sucked <laughs> up, goodness, that is one of the most spectacular. Oh my gosh! Well, look they they showed us they showed us the shot. Um. Oh my gosh! It is it it really connects now. They show us the shot of the inside of the beast's mouth at what he's looking at. Right. And then it pushes in to the first film ever made. Right. If that isn't alone, 
thematically what we what we just broke down the well, the devouring and consumption of this media um anyway no as as we have said about peel his opening shots are the are the film and yeah. this film's opening shots are the film yeah absolutely uh but anyway, we're we're shown this shot, right? Where kind of this camera is moving through the the beast's mouth, which we don't know what that is at this. But it looks like an air vent, right? right at first, and and then we see the horse. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but then it connects later on when we're, after these people are sucked up, and you're seeing again from the inside of this beast, and you're saying, "Oh my gosh, that first shot we saw, that was inside the right. the UFO, the mm-hmm. alien, the a uh, UAP, whatever right, that stands UAP. for." Um, and people being like funneled through this esophagus or like this intestine mm-hmm. almost right like it and they're in some digestive it, tract and right? like this is like a flying sarlacc pit right star wars like this That's is right. this thing is terrifying um well and they're all terrifying. alive right and they're screaming and they're being digested yeah and well that- i don't know if they're even digested yet because at some point he just that beast just does something and all of a sudden they're just they're quiet they're dead right like it right it's like he's it's like he's holding them in their his mouth and tasting them right and then he decides to chomp down mm-hmm. no yeah the screaming goes on for a while it's yeah. actually quite a, a, an effective tool for us to track these the alien uh-huh. and to keep like tension going um and we we've seen them in there right and they come upon the whatever it is, the skull or the head of the horse. Like that's where the first face sort of sees that Yeah. when they get to the top mm-hmm. of that. Um, and that also helps us later understand the geography. So Right. It lets, it lets us know where the ship is in relation to our, our ground characters. Right, exactly. Right? Because because Peel is doing that thing where, hey, the less I show of this monster, the more scary it'll be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, there is – I mean, he's always showing us geography. Like – and that that cloud that never moves is there for the whole film, right? Mm-hmm. But he constantly shows geography. We know where everything is in relationship to each other, so that the characters can traverse the space, mm-hmm. and we can follow them, and we can understand whether they're in danger or not, or right. how close they are to each other, and all of that kind of stuff. So everything makes sense. It isn't. We 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 get to the park at the end, and we know how far that park was, so we know she could make it. Like right. he, he really does that, and he does the same with the geography into that body. Right. But we don't see all of the flat of the eating until the end right so he he one of the ways he masks that is by going inside and by keeping that cloud really present yeah is we don't get to see all of that unfurled beast that we do at the end that's so visually interesting yeah um but well, but when they squeeze the body <laughs> it, it's one of the best sequences oh my gosh in the, film. the dump on the house unbelievable it the the shots it it's one of those it's one of those visuals that like it's it sticks with you in the same way that the shower knife scene from psycho sticks with you right like iconic in that sense right you'll be able to there's the i mean just the the setting the tone the sounds the rain the looming presence of this ship above you and the house turning red right Mm -hmm. like it it's 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 the blood spilling out of the elevators in the shining it is right like mm-hmm. it's it is and it's it's calling back on 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 that in a in a way um well the, it's the nature of the horror movie of that house uh-huh. the look of that house the the low angle shot like this all farmhouse. of that farmhouse farmhouse is terrifying it's a but the, it's <laughs> when it starts by dropping the p 
pieces of their yeah. life, right? And suddenly right. we know that the plane in the beginning wasn't a plane, but yeah. it was the creature dropping these pieces. Uh, who did he eat before? Who uh, did he eat before? Yeah. And then the the blood as it starts on one window and then just gushes. Really extraordinary yeah. visuals. Well, and it's and that's when you realize that this beast is communicating with uh, the people in the house, mm-hmm. right? Like you, it, it is now directly communicating with our, our main cast. Uh, and that's a very weird thing for a monster who doesn't ever really come. It doesn't have a face. It doesn't come face to face with them. Like it, it's, this feels like such a separate thing, but you feel so much threat from it, even though it's never in your face. Cause if it does get in your face, you're pretty much gone. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean that whole that whole sequence when is terrifying, it, and then the it, sequence that where he move it moves to the car, yeah, right, is terrifying too. Mm-hmm. So the, the the use of electricity going dead as mm-hmm. a tool for us to know where things are again, it's yeah, again, about a lot of geography, geography, right? Mm-hmm. But it also is reminiscent of Close Encounters, right? And oh, it's certainly using that Close Encounters sensibility. Where in Close Encounters, it's scary and then it's not right, right. here. The danger increases. Well, and and, increases. and Peel said because it's not an actual technological ship, right? He said I can't use lights to tell you where it is, so, but I can use rain and I can use right. sound, right? And so wherever there's rain in the in this arc in this circle and frame, if it's not raining on you, it's above you, right? 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 Um, I mean the shot where, and we saw it in the trailer where Peel looks up out of his car and you can see the rain and you can see the open mouth of this monster with this flag hanging out. I mean, it's 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 a crazy image. It's a crazy image. He understands that sense of imagery so strong, and when you know, we can't deny that those last sequences with the unfurled alien, and you know, your point about that square box being the the film screen, the TV screen, so clear. Oh my gosh! And then as the mouth extends yes. and yeah. it furls out. It is. It's a, it's a it's a box. It's a it, it is, and it's, it's a screen. And he and we can't look at it, right? Because right. if we look at it, then it eats us. Oh, uh, I mean, talk about a super strong metaphorical idea to say, "Don't give in to the spectacle." And I guess what I want to say is, I, I'm gonna I, I want to pull back on any content is bad, mm-hmm. right? Because people can't make the movie right. fairly and do right. that, right? Right. Um, I, and I think he has av- deliberately avoided some things that are spectacle in the film for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But I think that you can say that if we that there is spectacle and if we turn our eyes towards that, if that's what our eyes are going to, whether it's a film or it's a documentary like uh, Tiger King, right, or it's um, violence that we're watching on YouTube um, or it's you know, decapitations from the Middle East. Uh, it's it's spectacle. It's it's uh, it's consumption of video, photo, media, audio, whatever, any sort of media at the expense of someone else. Yeah. The, yes. I th- and in in that. Yeah. Let's say that that makes sense to me. I don't know so, how else to explain. So even it, like right? revenge porn fits into that same category. Sure. Yeah. And I think Peel's saying that like that's the thing. That's the bad guy, right? Yeah. But if we look at it, it gets us. But if we don't look at it, we can't be consumed by it. Mm-hmm. And the filmmaker can be consumed by it, right? Like he can eventually be consumed by that 
desire, right? And right. certainly the TMZ guy is consumed by that desire. Right. But our main characters make a choice to go a different way, right? To look away. Mm -hmm. um, and that is... Yeah. Yes. You know. Right. Right. It's, and specifically, again, thematically with the, with the TMZ guy's helmet, right? It's just he is he is showing them their reflection and like this is this is who you are if you decide to look and he's only one eye like it's so uh-huh he's like he is a camera right yeah like in, in, in such a yeah. specific kind of way uh, yeah that thematically that really works and that giant mall that when the mouth comes out it's uh a tv screen and then arcing back to the idea that the first of these films is this animal just running with a black man who we no longer know who it is yeah. because the spectacle of that was more important than the black actor having fame, right? Right. Like the filmmaker and the film is more important than the person who did the act. And that is, is really rich content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is, it's pretty interesting. I, yeah. I knew we would, we worked out the theme. For yeah, sure. right. I knew we'd find our way around to it because that's what Peel does. He, he yeah. is about having a conversation. Like, of the reason the reason you start a podcast about film is because a movie like us makes you talk about it and you come you learn something yeah and no matter what like when we watch dark phoenix we don't right <laughs> and so that may, it's weird when you're doing yeah. a podcast well this but this this, this, is this is the reason that we started this yep. right so it's why we why we sat in the parking lot for probably over an hour after we saw us and decided to to talk about it for mm -hmm. so long and then and you know hey well, let's make a podcast let's start let's start talking about it. and it, this doesn't work with movies like it doesn't work with marvel films because there isn't much symbolism there there's not much to unpack and talk about it doesn't work with things like dark phoenix superhero films they don't it doesn't really work all that much right that becomes about story it is, and it's spectacle context there, right right it's just about fun visuals mm -hmm. and this films like Jordan Peele, anything from A24, things that have like a message, metaphor, symbolism, like things that actually connect to our daily lives, trying to tell us something, trying to get a point across, uh, a filmmaker, a filmmaker trying to give us his take, his vision or her vision on something. Uh, it, we, I mean, our conversation about Kajillionaire, like that is, that's a good conversation mm -hmm. and it's a small indie film, but Miranda July wants to tell us something. And she went right. She wants us to think about what she did mm -hmm. and be able to talk about it. And that's that is what makes the difference between fandom and mm -hmm. sort of real human conversation. It's great for us a week ago to be talking about Thor and having a great time saying what's going to happen next or what could yeah. happen next. Mm -hmm. But it's empty conversation. It's candy uh, in a lot of ways. Whereas this ends up making us reconsider ourselves in relationship like mm -hmm. any movie that makes us as we talk think about the act we're doing to talk about the film is doing something more important than whether or not we're going to see uh yeah uh dr doom in right, um, right. Uh, the in wakanda forever sure you know um that th and that's really the crux of of what makes a, a filmmaker like Jordan Peele so strong, and it's also why for people watching this uh, or listening to this, and we should, I think I'm going to write this in the description or something. Like you need to go see the film and and go through that first thirty minutes. That is not what you expect yeah. because the rewards are much better than you would think. Yeah, agreed. 
I said in the beginning that the trailer was scarier than the film itself. And the, the reason it's scarier is because unlike us, unlike Get Out, Peel can't rightly show you the spectacle, show you the, the horror, show you the death, show you the uh, devouring of these people without being hypocritical to what he's trying to get across right. thematically. Mm -hmm. He can do that and get out because it is about that shock, right? It is about that, that horrific thing that's happening in that film. There are some, certainly some really creepy aspects to, to us, right? And there are some violent aspects to us mm -hmm. that we, that we certainly see on screen, but you can't show it in this film. And that's why I think a lot of people will say like, this film isn't scary, but it's scary thematically when you think about how much power we've given to the thing that ultimately may be killing us right not physically but it, mentally emotionally well, spiritually right as a people right, right. As, as a people and there's an all-time high right now of like anxiety in people and depression and mm -hmm. Is social media playing a part in that? And, and rage. I, and rage, right? Like, it, certainly, I think it is. And I think there's we're more connected than ever, and we speak to each other less than we ever have. And I want to make sure that we don't forget that CNN and Fox News are doing the same thing, mm -hmm. just in a different format. And so is Survivor, and so is uh, The Great right. Race, and so, any of those. Right. All of that is the same kind of spectacle mm -hmm. that's that isn't about the human condition, but about the oddity, the, right. the sort of, it's the bachelor and bachelorette, right? Like it's, it is the, it is the drama that like it's the Kardashians, all the crap that comes with watching real people go through experiences, whether staged or real mm -hmm. and us feel some kind of dopamine hit based on what they're experiencing. And, and, and I think Peel wants us to step back from that mm -hmm. and think about the implications of that to who we are as a people and that if we become desensitized or in reverse, if we become hungry for it, mm -hmm. that our human lives get get damaged in a, in a very profound way. Uh, and that again is what makes him a great filmmaker is he's talking about something. And you know, I, I, I'm gonna at least like say that it's why the new Star Trek is better than the recent Star Treks that have been there because mm -hmm. it's talking about a thing right it's saying here's a problem in our society here's a metaphor about it mm -hmm. um, it's why it's more prestige TV in many ways than the last two seasons of Game of Thrones because they become so it, look here's the deal Game of Thrones is a perfect example of, of this too. Uh, oh yeah the Red Wedding uh -huh. is not spectacle no. The Red Wedding is a dramatic tool. Right. The last entire the last season, season. Uh -huh. of Game of Thrones is just spectacle. Uh -huh. It's just and we people look at it and they they become the the power of imagery becomes cheapened. And so at the end of this movie, when we see that alien, and in that shot with Kalua's character, and Lord knows what was real at that point, right? Like what's right. CG, what's not, the rotoscoping people, whatever. <laughs> you know, like the big rotoscope team. Just poor. That poor crazy shot of that giant extended alien creature with that uh, like streamer covered yeah. box coming out and that little tiny man on a horse is an extraordinary visual image. Yeah. That image of him in the great beyond or out yonder, out whatever yonder. it was, yeah. in in that 
like crazy haze like those images are stunning and we need to we need that to be part of what we're looking for not just the spectacle of it mm -hmm. like the sheer beauty of that image the power of it like uh the sensibility and you know the end of this film has a i mean the way they kill the aliens funny as all get out uh, yeah it's hilarious. oh yeah yeah it's a hilarious moment <laughs> but but the imagery is still quite beautiful mm -hmm. agreed well and i think you know so this this uh the way they kill this alien right is this this ballooned person who is one eye open and one eye closed right and he's pointing at the beast right and he's saying i'm I see you, but I'm not going to give you my, I'm not going to give you power fully. Right. Right. I have one eye closed. Right. And so I'll look at what I think is, is right. And I'll, I'll, I'll avert my eyes to what I think I, I should, I shouldn't watch. I shouldn't consume because you don't, so you don't have full power over me. Right. But I, I know you exist. Like there's this, it's a, this self-awareness and awareness for what is, is being given to you. And you have the power to be consumed by it or you have the power to break Mm -hmm. the consumption yeah and then to pop it like right. that's hilarious it, it yeah blows to, to blow up so the, funny. yeah yeah um the and the <laughs> the amusement park humor was ridiculous as well I do, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm sort of like now just grabbing at little pieces no stuff. great i love but that god it was so funny yeah that the and the fact that at the end of the film he tells us it's time to leave by I using know. the voice <laughs> of you know yeah. those 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 are so well done and it's the difference between well-crafted film and easter eggs yeah none of that stuff is an easter egg right there's plant and payoff plant and payoff there is yep. there is uh visual information or auditory information that's guiding us through the film yeah telling us what to do it is meta in a lot of ways uh there's so much happening here it, um there's a lot to digest yeah agreed um Peel gave us this wonderful little alien moment, like human alien moment, like on the ground alien moment in the beginning, um, where I was, I, I did truly think that this was um, real aliens in the right. film with Joop's kids. Yes. Um, and it's t that moment is actually pretty terrifying. Right, and there's no threat. And there's no threat there at right. all. Right, there's no threat. But the first thing that OJ does is he moves around the corner and takes out his phone. And he holds it sideways because he got a flip phone, which uh -huh. was freaking ridiculously <laughs> funny. I It did make me ask the question of what year does this take place in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it never really tells us. It's got to be It's got to be present day. Right, because cars, 1990, but... in 1998 is the... Um, oh, sure, right. When the, yeah, the, when the, the show was made, yeah. right? And so Gordy's, there's that massacre thing was so there's a, in the 90s you know whatever is 20 years worth of difference there but it doesn't matter right like whether you're on a, a flip phone or an iphone you, you still you're still documenting you're still yeah, wild so much consuming and then he punches the kid <laughs> which was amazing yeah um yeah anything else you want to talk about i don't really know where else to go no, I know I, we didn't really talk about like the filmmaking aspect we talked about theme and all that, I guess in the I guess in the forefront of the episode, we did talk about some of the film stuff. But I think the music is really well done. Yeah, across the board, it is again Peel's diverse use of music. Yeah, uh, I think you could spend some time listening to those lyrics and learning something about what's going on there. I think that would certainly uh, add to your experience of the film. Uh, and the cinematography is beautiful; like it's gorgeous to look at. Um, it is some of the best 
cinematography of black skin I have ever seen. Those night scenes are stunning, stunningly well shot and boldly done. very subtle things that that are wonderful that you do not often see in cinema and that's the other thing that peel has done in all of his films is he's taken time to be careful about how we shoot people of color yeah i think that that's really great yeah i don't know i don't know where else to go i mean that's the it film is, we're good the film's great go see it in theaters see it in imax yeah. i think see it in imax i think that's I a think, great yeah. advice i think see it in imax that's a good choice uh, it'll be fun it's 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 a fun movie to watch, but it also has a lot of depth if you want to really dig into it. But if, I mean, if you made it this far, then you either already seen it or you already know what depth is coming at you in this film. So, right. Um, go see it a second time, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, and so as we wrap up, go see Jordan Peele's film. Go watch all three. I think it would be great. I think I may want to go back film. and watch yeah. Get Out and Us after this. I so. think that's something I'm probably going to do too. But I, I want to say too just as a note about spectacle like just to say this for like a minute and a half and we'll talk about this for real later great so we're watching this film talking about spectacle and the over the difference between sort of fandom and like the integrity of film and all of this this marvelous conversation we've had it in parallel to san diego comic-con where <laughs> literally all that's happening in san diego people are cheering yeah. because they're seeing the titles yeah. of the end of phase six of <laughs> the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Like Com- San Diego Comic-Con is madness yeah. in, in relationship to sort of the beauty of this film. And it doesn't mean none of that, that stuff isn't fun, right? And it doesn't mean that it isn't, we're at some point we're not going to talk about the fact that there's a crazy 18 episode. Oh, we will be talking. Yeah. Daredevil yeah. piece coming out. But it is fascinating to me that, that um, we, we're, I, I want the people who are sitting in San Diego Comic Con to go see Nope and right. and take the time to talk about it yeah. without making an Easter egg video. Yes. So there you go. Agreed. That's what I wanted to say at the end. Agreed. I love that. Great. I love that. Go see Nope. Go see Nope. Um, well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus Podcast. We would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So please uh, send us a DM. You can send us a – there's a voice message option. Just uh, – you know, head to anchor.fm slash racking focus podcast. Send us a message. We'd love to know what you think. We'd love to reply to your, your thoughts on the film too. And um, yeah, if you don't know how to find us on the internet, you can head to racking focus podcast.com and connect with us on our social platforms there. And please connect with us on letterboxd letterboxd app is like the social media for movie lovers. Um, you can find other uh, things we're watching there as well, as along with some reviews and just keep up with us in uh, this kind of movie going world, this movie, this cinema experience that we're on. Um, John, do you want to talk about uh, uh, podcasts, reviews and stars? Sure. And so you do Let me just say that Letterboxd gives you the opportunity to expand into a giant world of film you've probably never yes. seen. Mm-hmm. And it is a really well-designed app. And so diving in there is and it's free and it's free it's just a great experience um, but we need your support so you can find us on any podcasting platform for all practical purposes um, you can certainly listen to the episodes right online at, at the uh, website but we would love you to leave a review and a uh, five-star review and then beat us up as much as you want and listen you should always remember that just like Jordan Peele's 
uh, most current film, nope. The first 30 minutes aren't what you expect, and then it really <laughs> kicks in the gear. And the first 30 minutes of this podcast, and I'm going to say this in the description too, are not as good as the last hour it's of it. It's true. Whatever. And the same thing goes for our podcast itself. I would, I would say you want to dive into season four and then cherry pick the earlier work um to, to and, and sort of but give us a review on our work you can tell us how we should improve what we could do differently what you want to know but please a five-star review will get more people to listen and we want to have these conversations with more than just us yeah it's true to be fair i don't think that you can listen to like a portion of our podcast and it'd be good i think you need to listen from beginning to end of the entire thing for all of our podcasts not because i want your our retention to be pretty high but because i think that we have a uh, we have a uh a way of breaking up into a bunch of little different thoughts, right. but they all connect once you listen to the entire but thing. Because we're an instant reaction podcast right. at this point, and as a result, our brains are processing. Yes, like we're a we're a extended mind processing the story. Yes, and we're, so we're, if if there was more of us here, we're just a really small hive mind right now. <laughs> There's, if there was like three or four others, we would be creating a really great brain right. around a, a, a specific uh, piece of film. Right. So okay. Listen to all of our work in its entirety. That was the <laughs> longest conclusion ever. Uh, so why don't we go check out your baby and yeah. uh, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus podcast. 